0: would you stand and listen for the gospel i'll draw your attention to the fact that i've selected a new response for you for the season of lent it's printed there in your bulletin now this from the gospel of luke chapter four jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan and was led by the spirit in the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil he ate nothing at all during those days and when they were over He was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me And if I give it to anyone, I can give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was in a setting not too very different from what we'll be in next week with our lecture series, where they had brought a renowned speaker, a man of faith, a man who had spent his whole life traveling the world making disciples preaching and teaching in all manner of settings he was known to be a man of great faithfulness and here he was in this local church to speak and he had given an eloquent presentation and then it was open for questions and answers and one earnest young man raised his hand and said sir can you tell me i want to be so much like you I want to be a person of faith, but can you tell me when these impure thoughts I keep having will leave me? I mean, ones about women. When will I be old enough that those will be gone? The wise old man scratched his chin for a moment as if pondering the appropriate answer. And then looked the young man in the eye and said, son, when I get there, I'll let you know. temptation seems to be a universal human condition we all have choices to make throughout our lives and we can either decide to be a follower of christ or not we have moments of decision to make which have implications about who we are as people and by what values we have decided to live we have to make decisions and choices each and every day, some days come along where we have a whole series of decisions that we have to make. But God will help us. We can see this in the life of Jesus, in this story today, right before where we read In chapter 4, chapter 3, you remember, tells about Jesus beginning his public ministry and going down to the river Jordan. He goes down to be baptized by John the Baptist. Luke tells us he goes in the water with everyone else and is baptized and then comes out of the water and is confirmed by the Holy Spirit when he hears the voice of God saying, you are my son, my beloved, my chosen. And yet, the very next story, Before the water's hardly dry, Luke tells us that Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness. So if Jesus is being tempted, it seems reasonable to me that we should expect no less in our lives. We should expect temptation to be something that we're going to deal with as Christians. No matter how far along we are in our Christian life, no matter how long we have been living this commitment temptation apparently is available and lurks around any and every corner. Carol Kuykendall tells the story of the time when her son was just married. She said it was a glorious event. It was so exciting. But on this particular day, a week after the wedding, she was on her way down to the local corner drugstore because the pictures from the wedding had come back and she was anxious to see them oh she wanted to see all the pictures of the family but she said what she was really if she was honest what she was really wanting to see is if she looked better than she had in the christmas photos <laughs> she said when they got the family pictures back from christmas she saw this person that she did not like it was her she looked like a, per- a puffy old person and so i determined." and began the beginning of January, that by the time I got to my son's wedding, I would eat better, and I would lose some weight, and I would look healthier in the pictures. And so she said the pictures were there. She got the large envelope. She ran out to her car. She opened the envelope and began to pull out the pictures. She said she looked at three or four of them before she realized she sort of let out a sigh of relief because she said, "I, I felt like I did look better i did look healthier i had lost some weight and she said i felt really good about that i put the pictures back in the envelope and i drove home but she said as soon as i got inside i opened the pictures again and laid them all out on the counter and enjoyed looking at all the family photographs and remembering how fun it was and what a great and glorious celebration we'd had around the wedding but then she said i selected two or three that i was in And I put them up on the refrigerator. She said, I knew this could easily be a one-time thing. But I wanted this short-term change to become a long-term lifestyle. And I knew I was going to need encouragement. And when I would see those pictures, I would think, I can do this. And they would be inspiration for me to continue to try. But she said after she had the pictures up, she also remembered that when she had made that commitment on January 1, that she had also begun to pray every day. And that she would need, she said, to continue to pray that prayer because she would need God's help if she was going to overcome this temptation of overeating. I've put the brief prayer she used in your outline. Father, at the beginning of this day, I recognize, that I am totally dependent upon you for a moment-by-moment ability to overcome temptation, choice by choice. Please help me. Please help me. Carol is expecting for God to come to her aid and her assistance and to help her. Jesus is expecting the same thing in our story today while he's in the wilderness being tempted. You notice three specific temptations that Luke records for us there that Jesus dealt with. First, he's offered food when he is famished. That sounds like a good idea. And he's offered power over all the kingdoms in this world that he was sent to save. You can see why that might be a good idea. And then the last one, where he's offered divine intervention whenever he finds himself in real trouble. They may not seem like temptations that we deal with, but I think they're probably closer than they first appear. How many of us have been someone who ate too much? How many of us have gone home and somehow decided to eat a whole lot of something we really like when really something else was going on inside that we were trying to fill or mask. Have you ever been in the situation where you were given power or authority over a group of people and you used that power to serve yourself rather than serve those who were in your charge? you might have had that experience or maybe you've had the experience or know somebody who has who has made a whole series of terrible decisions had not been talking with God or praying to God or having any kind of conversation with God and then in the middle of the crisis turns to God and says oh God help me now we look for divine intervention sometimes in the moment of crisis i think these temptations with which jesus is dealing is not they're not as far away from us as we may think but we should notice that jesus rejects them all what does he do in the face of each temptation he quotes scripture doesn't he he takes a stand on the basis of scripture when he hears the temptation rather than having a conversation with the devil the adversary the tempter he simply quotes scripture he uses scripture as his guide and his strength now if you look closely or maybe if you have a study bible in the footnote you will find that all the things that jesus says are quotes from deuteronomy you can read The fuller context, it's really quite fascinating to see what parts of Scripture Jesus draws on, but you'll find them all in Deuteronomy 6, 7, and 8. If you have time later to read through that, you'll see the fuller context, but I will summarize it for you. It's a time when the Hebrew people are being reminded that God is the one who provides all they need for life and life abundance. We don't have time to look at all of them this morning in our time together, but let me give you just one example. If you still have your Bibles there, flip over to Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 to 3. Listen to where Jesus is quoting from when he's offered food in the face of him being famished. He quotes this, remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order To humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word. That comes from the mouth of the Lord one does not live by bread alone Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord and what would that be that would be our Bible that would be these scripture readings that we have words coming from God as a guide and a strength As a way for us to connect with the Lord our God. Jesus is quoting scripture in the face of temptation. That should be a model for us. That should be a clue for us. Because you see, these are not just words on a page. For Christians, these are more than words for people of faith. It is a lifeline to God it is a connection to God this is a book given us that Christians have said for centuries is the most reliable vehicle from which we can learn about God and connect with God and come to know God in our own lives John Wesley you remember him founder of the Methodist movement a spiritual giant if you will he says the bible is what he calls the primary means of grace it's the primary way that we connect with god and we come to know god in our own lives not just stories about people in the past but it is a living word we say it's a place where we can meet god each day in our own lives jesus is rooted in these scriptures so when he comes this time of temptation he quotes them as a guide for himself it doesn't happen by accident that he has this intimacy with god i think it's safe to say that he studied and read and memorizes knows the god behind these scriptures and that gets revealed as he lives out His own life let me suggest that you use this Lenten season 2016 to feast on the Word of God to see it as a treasure to see it as something that will feed you and fill you what if you were rooted in the Word of God the way Jesus was would that make a difference in your life would it make a difference if each and every day you made time to read Scripture, to ponder the meanings, to ask God what it might be saying to you and for you? If you did that each and every day, I would tell you it will make a difference. It will help you go deeper with God, it will give you a more intimate and vital relationship with God if you'll read his word every day what if you realize that just like food you need a helping of God's Word every day I mean that's what the context is from Deuteronomy is that the people were hungry right did you hear that Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 God humbled you by letting you hunger then by feeding you with manna with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted so it was a feeding or a response or a provision that they did not expect in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of the lord so how does that happen for us to feast on the word it can happen in so many different ways it can happen when we're alone reading our bibles it can happen in a small group we have quite a few of those here at the church where we agree to certain scripture assignments we read them as homework and pray about it and then gather weekly to talk about what does it mean what is god saying how can we apply that to our own lives how could this be a guide or encouragement for us in our time I mean it can be done in your car at home at work you can listen to it so many now devotions and scripture readings available online maybe listening to music that incorporates scriptures a way that would speak to others of you maybe a devotional book maybe you read a whole chapter a day or maybe just a verse Lots of different ways you can get rooted in the Word of God. Lots of different ways to use Scripture to enrich your own spiritual life. But what if we all decided to do that? Take a clue from Jesus and get into the Word of God. What if all of us took that to heart? So often during Lent, People decide to give something up, usually a bad habit or a vice or something that's distracting them or separating them from being a faithful disciple of Christ. And lots of people have found that very meaningful and significant for whenever they want to do the thing that they've given up, it reminds them that God is more important than that thing and that we can turn to God in that moment let me suggest that you consider adding something that you add this daily practice of reading scripture and listening for what god might say to you through his word just reading some scripture or listening to some scripture and then taking some time to see if god might not speak to you personally our book of worship in the service that it specifies for ash wednesday that we used here last wednesday has an invitation to lent i want to read you just a portion of what it says i've put it in your outline it says i invite you in the name of the church to observe a holy lent to use this season as a set-apart time for self-examination and repentance for emphasizing prayer and for reading and meditating on God's holy word what if we all decided to do that we could do that together we could pray for one another during the season of Lent that God speaks to each of us that we all have that kind of desire and discipline to set aside some time to do this on a daily basis I think if we did that, it would allow more space for God to bring us alive as a spiritually vital people. It would be a wonderful thing if all of us had that experience of God being alive, of God's Word being fresh in our hearts and minds as we go through each and every day. I will be praying for you. I hope you'll be praying for me. Let's all pray for one another during this Lenten season that this might become a practice of ours as a congregation. Amen.